Louise, keeping her eye on her watch, saw that almost ten minutes had elapsed. Probably not much time left. Quickly, she saved the information to her flash drive, closed the site, and ejected the drive. She heard the door behind her burst open, and she stood up with the drive in her hand. An intense, whispered French conversation behind her made her heart beat faster. Without looking back, she walked slowly away from the computers and into the nearby reference section. Her steps echoed in the cavernous space, and she regretted her hard-soled shoes. She felt incredibly conspicuous, but hoped that the officer would be searching for the computer. She sat down and opened a large dictionary. While she ran her finger down the column of one page, she slipped the flash drive under the spine of the huge book. If someone remembered that she'd been at the computer, at least the incriminating evidence wouldn't be on her person. Frowning as though deep in thought, she moved to the adjoining table to consult another reference book. She heard the officer walk over to the line of computers. Glancing up, she saw him consult a note in his hand, verifying that the computer in front of him was the hacker's. Again, she studied the reference books. Now, she thought, he'd be looking around the room trying to identify the hacker who must be nearby. The room was full of students, not all of them young, she noted with some relief. She hoped he wouldn't suspect the elderly lady at the encyclopedia. He moved away and spoke to some students, gesturing back at the computer. She couldn't understand, but surely he'd ask them if they'd seen who'd been using it. They shook their heads. They'd been too busy. And besides, rough police tactics at recent street demonstrations had made most students unwilling to cooperate with the law. Louise, however, thought it might not be long before someone remembered her. She walked slowly into the stacks, out of sight. She removed the gray wig she'd been wearing and put it in her large purse, pushed her short blonde hair back to make it a little spiky, and took off the black vest she'd been wearing and stuffed it into her handbag. Her bright yellow silk blouse with the low V-neckline was now more prominent. She took off her glasses. Then she slid a book from the shelf, pulled in her stomach a little, and went over to an empty carrel. She sat down to read, glancing at the dictionary once to make sure her flash drive was still safe. The Sûreté officer was still looking around the room. Maybe someone had told him that there'd been an old lady sitting at that computer. She hoped her altered appearance would evade suspicion. The officer turned 360 degrees twice, but could find nothing. Finally, he slapped stiff arms against his sides in a classic gesture of frustration, inadvertently banging his hat on his knee. He looked around one more time, before clapping his hat back on and stomping toward the exit. Louise listened to his footsteps, still pretending to read. When the sound stopped, she knew he'd turned back to take one last look. She heard another click of the boot's heel on the marble floor and looked up to see the back of his uniform disappearing through the doorway. She was interested to note that even in this age of terrorism he hadn't confiscated the computer or dusted for fingerprints. Louise made a note to tell Charles that the Sûreté's operations in the field were not as advanced as their computer software. Well, people don't like change, she thought. 
She retrieved the drive from under the dictionary, sliding it into her handbag, then headed for another exit. She came out on a side street, walked two blocks south, and hailed a taxi. With a sigh of relief, Louise gave the cabbie the name of their hotel. He scowled at her American accent, but didn't pretend, as some did, that he couldn't understand her.